time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. While Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. This is a show where we plop down on the living room floor with a big bowl of cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons. As we mentioned at the end of the last episode, since it's currently October, we'll be focusing on some spooky cartoons. And to start us off, we watched The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo from 1985. For a short synopsis from IMDb, Shaggy and Scooby and friends must return 13 ghosts to a magic chest, which they inadvertently released. Some notable actors from this are obviously Casey Kasem as Shaggy, Don Messick as Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo, Vincent Price, the standout for me at least, as Vincent Van Gogh, a new character to the Scooby-Doo franchise at this point. Yeah, it was really cool to see him in it. You know what, like uh, some of the new people that they added, even some of the characters that weren't in every episode, we have the character Flim Flam, who's voiced by Susan Blue. Mm -hmm. If you look at her IMDb page, she's in pretty much every classic cartoon you can imagine from like the 70s, 80s, 90s era. And she voices RC in Transformers, one of my favorite Transformers from the cartoon movie. Guy voices Bogle, his name is Howard Morris, and he's in pretty much any Hanna-Barbera title that you could think of. Yeah, there's actually most of these actors, or a lot of them, even some who just guested later, were in a lot of things. And I'll talk about a little bit more of that when we go into some of our episodes. But it was a miniseries, obviously, a spinoff of the Scooby-Doo cartoon, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? 13 episodes long before it was canceled, so it's kind of a mini, mini-series. But like the synopsis had spoken about, it's about recapturing these 13 ghosts, so kind of unusual that it's 13 episodes, but not all of the ghosts were recaptured, so there's still two remaining that are out there. And that will never be caught. <laughs> never be caught, right. <laughs> they failed. You know what would be awesome is if they brought back either 13 Ghosts or at least just brought back Vincent Van Gogh into maybe a Scooby-Doo TV movie to recapture those last two Ghosts. That would be cool if they acknowledged that. You know, I thought it was weird because when I found out it was 13 episodes, I figured, oh, well, they must capture one Ghost per episode. But no, that's not what happened. They yeah, exactly. got canceled it's, and that was a coincidence. It, yeah, that was that's what I was thinking because I was like, all right, so they do capture all of them, but unfortunately not. But uh, what memories do you have of this spinoff, Chris, this mini, mini series? I don't have too many of the spinoff in particular. There's a couple of things that I remember for it, but all of the Scooby-Doo cartoons kind of blur together for me. So I couldn't remember what's part of the main franchise, what's the offshoots and things like that. But I did remember the ghost weird from the first episode because he's got the really weird shaped head. So that was one thing that I do remember from when I saw this as a kid was his head. Yeah. And don't really remember that much else, honestly. So it was almost kind of like seeing something brand new just because I don't remember too much from it. Yeah, kind of like you were saying, a lot of those Scooby-Doo miniseries and TV movies and et cetera just kind of strung together and were all kind of like a big melting pot of the Scooby-Doo franchise. And if someone were to ask me like before we rewatched this, I would have assumed the series ran much longer than it actually did, most likely because of that, because I was stringing that into other series of Scooby-Doo. Or I just saw these episodes so infrequently that I had forgotten that I had seen it already and assumed that this was a brand new one for me. Yeah, one thing that was interesting, I remember some other Halloween-esque Scooby-Doo things. I guess I never realized that they weren't all part of the same series because there's other ones like the Reluctant Werewolf where Shaggy becomes a werewolf and then there's the Boo Brothers and those are all separate things. It's all over the place, so it's really hard to keep track of what's what. 
Yeah, I do really remember enjoying the intro to the show, though. That stuck in my mind, and I remember the opening of the chest and Vincent Price's laugh. I also remember really not liking Flim Flam, and that, <laughs> that still holds true. Yeah, Flim Flam. I, I will, uh, I'm going to have a lot to say about Flim Flam as we get going. But about the intro, I completely agree because this is just what a Halloween cartoon or a Scooby cartoon should feel like. That intro is just awesome. It's got the spooky castle, creepy music and there's lightning and you got Vincent Price's voice and it's just awesome. Yeah, even the lettering of 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo or how Vincent Price says it, even if I remember nothing else about the show, that definitely stuck with me. Speaking of introductions, like we do on every episode, we watched three different episodes of this series before we came in to give it a review. The first episode, the highest rated episode, and a random or listener pick episode. All right, so to start us off, we watched the very first episode, season one, episode one of 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, which is called To All the Ghouls I've Loved Before, which is pretty much pulled right from the episode itself. For a description of this episode, the gang lands their plane in a town populated by werewolves. Bogle and Weird trick Scooby and Shaggy into opening the chest of demons. Pint-sized con man Flim Flam joins the gang. So all these are facts, and that's the description of the episode. Let me just start by saying I love werewolves, so that part of this episode really pleased me. I had completely forgotten that. They're on their way to Hawaii, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, they thought they were going to Hawaii. They were looking at the map wrong or had the wrong map, and they were in the Himalayas. And well, Shaggy, Shaggy was the pilot. Think there was a difference. <laughs> yeah, Shag- Shaggy was the pilot, and Scooby-Doo was his navigator, which was already yeah. a bad idea. I love that uh, they figured it out because Shaggy's like, look at these white sandy beaches. <laughs> and I guess Daphne didn't notice that it was super cold or all the mountains, and she looks out and kind of figures out that they are not beaches. <laughs> right. So they're on their way there. They land in the Himalayan mountains and into this town of people who we find out eventually are werewolves. What happens is we also get introduced to Weird and Bogle who have this chest full of the 13 worst ghosts of all time, I assume. The 13 like scariest or most evil. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember what the wording was. I'm pretty sure it kind of differed from episode to episode. Yeah, probably. Uh I like the way the chest looked though with that demon face on it. The chest looked awesome. So they wanted to open it thinking that these 13 ghosts of the most infamous ghosts or whatever would be really happy with them and give them praise if they let them out. But you have to be a living person to open the chest. So they figure that they have to get the stupidest people on Earth to come open it. And Shaggy and Scooby (laughs) happen to be flying over. I don't know how they knew those two were coming, but somehow they knew and they did some sort of magic and made gasoline of their airplane empty out or something. And then they crash landed there right by the castle. Yeah, I guess those ghosts have some kind of stupid radar or something like that because (laughs) they knew who it was that was coming. And the way that they did it, I thought was kind of interesting. It was actually really funny, the whole game show setup that they started. Right. It was a classic Scooby-Doo kind of move, is that Scooby and Shaggy were tricked into opening this chest because Bogle and Weird dressed up like game show hosts. And it was like a Price is Right showcase kind of tricked them into thinking that the chest had some sort of amazing prize that they would win if they opened it. So they chose that over a plane to get back home and over a giant doghouse with lots of bones for Scooby. Oh, they yeah. went with the chest and they opened it and released all the ghosts. Flim Flam was introduced as a young Ugh. a young con artist who Ugh. was trying to sell this cure-all remedies, like, like snake, snake oil. oil. Exactly. Yeah. But Ugh. as it turns out, that stuff seemed to really do a lot, actually. Right. <laughs> this kid, though. Oh, my God. So annoying. 
This might be the worst character I've ever seen in any cartoon ever. I hate this kid. His so it's Flim Flam, and it's this little like um, he's a little Asian kid. Yeah, I can't tell if he's supposed to be like Asian or if he's supposed to be like Indonesian. Kind of. He's got a little bit darker skin. He's got black hair. He's drawn differently than everybody else. Always wearing like a yellow sweatshirt and sweatpants. I don't know. Yeah. So, oh my god. But (laughs) so this is this is what cracks me up the most about this episode so they landed in the himalayas and there's a town there of all what looks like 18th century white british people (laughs) (laughs) like living there like the whole town looks like this and then there's flim flam out of nowhere who looks like he could be someone from the actual area but he's a stranger there that was really strange it was a really weird choice (laughs) on the like animators side to take that route I i can't imagine what kind of focus group they put together just right. to bring that character out like we need more diversity so let's bring a small <laughs> young like indonesian male but also make him a thief and a con artist right he's that default know-it-all street smart kid yeah the, that you see in lots of cartoons right yeah and like you said a con artist i mean he's just oh god <laughs> He's yeah. awful. It's, He's obnoxious. It's, He's the most obnoxious character ever. Completely unnecessary to the show. Even no matter what episode, all three episodes that we watched, he could have done completely without him. He was of no use. There was no instance where they really couldn't have gotten out of a situation without him. I mean, he really didn't add anything. Except no. Except. Made me want to turn it off. <laughs> well, yeah, except for introducing the gang to Vincent Van Gogh, Vincent Price's character. That's true. Sort of a, I don't know, a sorcerer, I guess. Yeah, kind of. He's kind of like Doctor Strange. Yeah, exactly. I think he was designed after Doctor Strange is something I had read. It looked like it. It really did look like it. So he was kind of, it almost looked like Flim Flam was kind of pulling cons and helping Van Gogh like get customers and stuff in the process. So he introduced the two and... Vincent Van Gogh just happens to be set up behind a curtain in a restaurant where the werewolf people are. Speaking of the werewolf people, one of them was like a vampire who sang songs. Yeah, in the in the restaurant, a vampire comes out. The vampire is singing songs like show tunes, and he also turns into a werewolf. Yeah, because I was thinking, oh, it's a vampire, but then he just went full werewolf. So I was like, why was he a vampire to begin with? That didn't make any sense. But that's the reason episodes called to all the ghouls I've loved before because he sings that That show tune yeah one thing I wanted to bring up because you can really see it when they introduce uh, Vincent Van Gogh too is the animation is terrible (laughs) (laughs) it's some of the worst actual animation I've ever seen like eyes and mouths are staying put when faces are moving things are changing color that aren't supposed to there's one scene for just a few seconds where Shaggy's brown instead of (laughs) a white guy just for a few seconds and when you first see Vincent Van Gogh the first like split second they show him his arms are like half as long as they're supposed to be (laughs) and then all of a sudden they're there like I mean they're just tiny little like stubs for a second it honestly looks like different scenes of this were animated at different times because you see some animation that really blends with the background and then there's some animation and other scenes in between this that you can definitely tell was it looks like it was done by a different animation studio because the style looks a little different it's much 
cleaner and it's very separate from the background. It's just so weird. It just looked like a bunch of stuff stitched together. I noticed that a lot with Scrappy-Doo. Like, he's really kind of a side character, a background character. I think Flim Flam gets more attention than Scrappy-Doo does, unfortunately, in this little miniseries. In a lot of the scenes, he's just in the background with a dumbfounded look on his face because he's not being animated. It's just like a still frame of Scrappy-Doo. Right. Daphne had some really weird animation in this also. And especially when she turned into a werewolf, you could tell that they animated her moving and you could tell they did it by herself without a background, but then reinserted that same movement several (laughs) times as she leaps at somebody. She does the exact same leap a few more times just over and over and like all kinds of weird stuff. Man, I think somebody just making this pilot episode, they're like, all right, we don't have a lot of money. (laughs) What can we do? Let's see if this works. (laughs) Right. And nothing about Flim Flam made any sense. And like you said, they had Scrappy do in this and Scrappy hardly had anything. They easily could have just melded those two parts together and just made Scrappy do all the stuff that Flim exactly. Flam did. Exactly, yes. That's then exactly we don't need this thinking. second obnoxious character because no. we have Scrappy. We, yeah, we only <laughs> need the one. Like they don't mesh well together at all. I mean, that pretty much wraps up episode one. Basically, the 13 ghosts are released. Vincent Van Gogh and Flim Flam join the team to help and get these ghosts back into the chest. Jumping on to episode two, which was the top-rated episode. This one's called That's Monstertainment. This is season one, episode five. The description is, Horror host and demon chest escapee Zomba magically transports Scooby and the gang into the film The Son of, The Bride of, The Ghost of Frankenstein. Which is great. I love that (laughs) title. And I like how this one starts out with the whole group is just sitting around at two in the morning watching scary movies on TV. And even Vincent Van Gogh shows up with some popcorn. And Daphne is the only one that's not there. She comes downstairs because they woke her up. Oh, for crying out loud, it's 2 a.m. What's keeping you guys up? They took this random little Indonesian kid home with them to watch scary movies at two in the morning. It's like, guys, you have it. weird that Flim Flam's even there. Yeah, it's like, guys, you have a job to do. You're capturing real demons. Why are you watching a movie about fake monsters? Right. They're just hanging out. Flim Flam's there for no real reason. They have the chest and it's booby trapped to try to keep people from stealing it so they don't re-release the ghost that they've already caught. In watching this horror movie, The Son of the Bride of the Ghost of Frankenstein, Zomba comes on, who is one of the 13 ghosts, as a host like Elvira or any of the old horror hosts to intro the horror films. Because she's one of the 13 ghosts, she brings them into the actual world of that movie and makes them a colored part of a black and white movie, which I thought was interesting. It's an interesting concept, definitely. And even though it's a film, in the film world, everything that's happening is real to those characters. So they're treating these people like they're actually in that film with them. Right. It's kind of funny, too, because obviously the people in the movie know that they're in a movie. They run into Victor Frankenstein and instead of Igor, they have this character named Egat. And they're just kind of like, you know what? We're tired of getting chased by village people here with pitchforks. They're like, you guys can. Oh, take the job. right. Because he was like, it's happened millions of times or something right, or thousands yes. of times. Yeah. So they're just reliving this movie over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, pretty it's, much. It's like a meta moment of that movie. So they immediately take off their costumes and dress up Scooby and Scrappy as Victor Frankenstein and Egat. <laughs> yeah, so it turns into a Frankenscoob. Yes, Frankenscoob. Yeah. So the character Egat had the perfect Peter Lorre kind of style eager voice. It's good luck. You need it. 
Like it was perfect. Yeah, that's what I when I see cartoon Igor's, that's the voice I expect. And I oh, yeah. the, the Peter Laurie voice. And I think that's just because mainly due to cartoons like this or really anything back when we were watching them as kids, is they all had that voice. Or even Booberry, the yeah, Booberry commercial that he had that same voice. So Frank and Scoob, he still has to go through with the whole bringing to life of Frankenstein's monster. In this case, Frank and Scoob's monster. Going through that whole process, which is pretty much the same as we've seen before with the electricity in the lab and, you know, the it's alive scene, all of that. So this happens, but Frankenstein's monster or Frank and Scoob's monster in this case ends up being just a giant dog beast. <laughs> right, it's like a dog Frankenstein. Right, right. But the, the voice actor who played him, and this is what made me look it up and notice it right away, was Frank Welker, who also did voices for Real Ghostbusters, Transformers. And the reason that I recognized his voice was he was also Toka and Razar from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. When he said the... Oh, I can hear When he now. said Mama, when he was like, Mama, like that reminded nice. me of that movie instantly. So I had to look it up. I had a moment in this cartoon like that also. But first I want to say, well, Frank, he's also he voices fred in the usual scooby-doo stuff not voicing fred in this series voicing just additional characters right so one thing that i didn't know is that a good majority of people in the scooby-doo cartoons are also the voices from transformers like a lot of them i did not realize that frank welker like you said who does fred is Megatron. Right. It wasn't an episode that we watched, but Peter Cullen was in another episode I saw too, who's the voice of Optimus Prime and Ironhide in Transformers. So I'm listening and it's a scene where the village people kind of, not the singers, but the ones (laughs) in this movie, catch up with the group and this one village person kind of yells something and points at them. And I immediately recognize the voice as the same voice as Cliffjumper from Transformers. So I was like, holy crap, that's awesome. So I was was like, okay, who voiced it? And didn't even realize it's Casey Kasem. Oh, really? Yeah, he voices Cliff Jumper. He voices three characters in the like original G1 Transformers. Most of them still voice a lot of the Transformer characters in the newer versions of some of the cartoons. Casey Kasem, I think, did up until 2006 or 2009, somewhere up until, you know, about the time that he passed. I thought that was really interesting that not only did they do it back then, but most of them stuck with the Scooby-Doo characters several decades as well. I think that's going to be the deal with a lot of these older cartoons we watch, especially from the 80s, is these characters are going to be recurring through a lot of them. Yeah. Because when we'll start to recognize these names more and more as we go on. I think you're right. Because, man, you look at IMDb and the list that some of these people work on are just, yeah, man, so many projects. It's Frank Welker. I think he had something around like 657 different series or something he's he's like the one name i think we're gonna see just about every cartoon yeah you're probably right okay so it goes through the whole movie plot with the bringing to life of frank and scoob's monster who treats scooby-doo like it's his mother father his parental figure and all the while, it's, this is a distraction so that Zomba can try to get the demon's chest and release all of the ghosts and destroy it so that she can't be recaptured and will remain on the earth forever. Like you said earlier, it's booby trap, so she ran into issues there, finally got to it. Turns out it was a false chest. For whatever reason, Flim Flam, being the idiot that he is, had to pull it out <laughs> and laugh at her. And yeah, it, then she just pops in and grabs it. Yeah, so if we didn't dislike him already, I mean, there's plenty of <laughs> scenes that make you want to, like, him less so you had one job kid seriously come on 
You're the worst con artist ever. I love uh, Zamba's voice. I think it's really cool. The real raspy monster woman voice. And it was done by a guy, too. Yeah, I saw that. I, did, I was surprised to see that it was a male's voice. Would never have guessed because it sounds like a woman. but Like man. a raspy cigarette smoking woman. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Zamba pops into the movie world with the rest of them to get the chest. And at this point, they're basically just trying to keep it away from her. And they end up on top of the windmill. That's like the iconic thing is the windmill. Yeah, you have to have that in any kind of Frankenstein retelling. So they play true to the movie that they're referencing. And I believe the windmill is what leads to the recapture of Zamba. If I remember right, Frankenscoob's monster spins the windmill while they're all kind of hanging on it and Scooby and Shaggy get thrown off but then Zamba gets kind of tossed right into the chest that was open and so she is captured and happy ending to episode five. In the meantime their house is filled with popcorn. Oh, true. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was one of my favorite gags. What is he? He does like a pound per person of popcorn. Yeah. So it's the very, very beginning of this episode and I completely forgot, but it was one of my favorites. So I want to mention it is that, uh, Shaggy wants to make popcorn because Vincent Van Gogh had popcorn. So he figures one pound per person. <laughs> so he puts six pounds of popcorn kernels in the microwave. Not only that, his microwave has a setting for eight million degrees. <laughs> so he sets it to eight million, thinking this will pop the popcorn faster. I, I don't know that it actually does because some time actually does pass. <laughs> but finally, the thing blows open and pretty much fills the entire house with popcorn. It remains through the whole episode, like when Zamba's looking for the chest while the rest are in the movie. She like eats some of the popcorn and she's like walking along and stuff. Yeah, I like I that. Just, I, I like that. I like that it was a that it stuck around. That it was a recurring thing. Like it would be great right. in future episodes if we ever see the house. If there's popcorn, just kernels just lying around. <laughs> Still there. Yeah, that would be amazing. And that was a really good part of that episode. So moving on to the final choice. This one was actually chosen by Chris. It's going to be I- episode eight, which is When You Witch Upon a Star. And Chris, why did you choose this one? So I chose this one because I was looking at our other two episodes. So we had the first episode and the highest rated episode and saw that we had a pretty good coverage of different Halloween monsters. So we had like a Frankenstein kind of monster in the last one that we watched. We had a vampire who was also a vampire werewolf. We had several (laughs) werewolves. We had lots of ghosts. We hadn't had any witches. I felt like to bring it into a complete circle here of monsters, we had to have a witch to kind of even things out. So we had the Brewster sisters in this one, which if people watch the movie Hocus Pocus, it's based on the same group of sisters. And just like in that movie, they're dumb as rocks. (laughs) Yeah. Summary of this episode is Scooby and the gang have to stop three bumbling witches who are in cahoots with demon Marcella. Like you said, they're like the Hocus Pocus witches, but they're also very much, very, very much much like Three Stooges. Yeah, they really are. And in fact, the uh, blonde witch even does the nyak, nyak, nyak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, the redheaded witch is just like Larry. She, the and yeah, she's got Larry's hair. The final sister, who is the kind of the leader and the more angry and more stern of them. I mean, pretty much the Mo personality and they gave her black hair. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're all definitely kind of a play on the Stooges for sure. And just about as smart as the Stooges. And they <laughs> like, have... Skills are dumb. They have this chant that they use so Ugh, much throughout the episode. I hated it. This 
was my least favorite part of the episode, but they kept <laughs> doing it. And it was, I, I, even, I even wrote it down. I've almost memorized it because I heard it so much. It was, we're witches of the night. We're so hot, we're out of sight. And then they go, cooking. Na, 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 na. It's so long. Like, what yeah. is ridiculous and they do catchphrase? It like the, they did it like five times in this episode. At least, yes. So they pretty much devote like a minute to this catchphrase thing. And they do it five times, and the episode's only like 20 minutes, 22 minutes. So there's a good chunk of the episode yeah. is just this stupid chant. A large percentage of the episode is devoted to that chant, unfortunately. Ugh, and it's awful. Here, here's my question. And well, first I'll say what happened, kind of. Marcella is another demon or ghost from the 13 ghosts who has escaped. But she was then pulled into by some spirit wind or I can't remember something like that that she was pulled into like the evil dimension the, yeah the evil zone right the e- she was pulled into the evil zone by a spirit wind after she was freed from the box so she just has bad luck as a ghost so she's a demon cloud and her idea is to bring witches this black book of spells to chant this specific spell at this specific place which is Stonehenge at this specific time my question is, why, out of all the witches I'm sure exist in this world, in this universe, she would choose these three? <laughs> the dumbest ones? Right. I mean, she deserves to be trapped in that evil zone. She has no it, my, sense. The theory behind that is exactly why Weird and Bogle chose Scooby and Shaggy in the first place, is she knew these were the dumbest ones, and that if she told them just to use that one spell, that they might just use the one spell because they're too dumb, but... I mean, because if, if she gave the Black Book of Spells to any smarter witches, they might have more access to a lot more power than not bring her back. That's my guess, but it could just be really bad plot. <laughs> well, you're giving her a lot of credit, but you might be right. I mean, that might be the idea anyway. Right. And I guess, you know, even thinking into it, like I, they would have succeeded had they not been foiled in the way that they were. They're trying to find stuff for the spell. So they're going through all this stuff. Yeah, and, trying um, to find the regents. The I, yeah, it's the Paris sewer water that they didn't have because oh, and, the one uh, witch kept drinking it. Yeah, Bar- Paris sewer water and golden cobra rattles. You know, it's funny. It's just it cracks me up, especially like in any time they show witches, they just always have the weirdest stuff on hand for potions, like eye of newt and just you know random little animal body parts and powders and stuff. And like I. <laughs> I don't get the logic that in the lore you combine all these little pieces of animals and powders and stuff and water and that makes a potion that does something. Like in real life, it just you get a KFC famous bowl if you combine animal parts together. Right. <laughs> or a hot dog. Right. It's just ridiculous. It's, I, I like the I like the way they broke in fun at it with the Paris sewer water though. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Scooby and Shaggy and Flim Flam and Scrappy show up as door-to-door salesmen. I liked uh, Crazy Shaggy and Crazy Scooby. (laughs) They were pretty funny. They were encyclopedia salesmen. Yeah. Well, they started out with that, but they're kind of like, we'll sell you anything. The way that they got the book away from them was, was it Flim Flam that had the perfume? Flim Flam and Scrappy did. For some reason. That's why those should have been one character going back to that. They did the same thing. They always could have been one character. Yeah. Yeah. They were one character. Oh, but also uh, Van Gogh, Vincent Van Gogh gets trapped in the zone of eternal evil, the evil zone. Yeah, he goes. Well, he went there to deal with Marcella, I think. The actual Marcella, not the demon cloud. 
Right. And it kind of did you get the feeling that those two characters already knew each other? Because that's what I took from it. Is that- yeah, because she even said, like, maybe not as direct as we meet again, but she mentioned him by name and they seem very familiar right. with one another because he also insulted her, which is kind of what led to him being trapped. <laughs> I, I, I did write that down as that was a really stupid move. Like he goes there to the zone of evil where she's pretty powerful, obviously in charge, and he insults her. And then he's so surprised that she attacks him and traps him. Yeah, she puts some binding <laughs> spell on him and he's just like, what? Oh, no. Like, what? Nah, crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she takes the one way he has to escape, which is this pendant that he's wearing. He's pretty much trapped, if not for the help of, I guess, a I little what the thing a was. demon thing. It looked like a, uh, what were they? The snorks? It, it, it was like a mix between that and like a popple or something. Yeah, yeah. Or, the, or that little thing from Rainbow Bright. What is that thing? Oh, yeah. It, it, it was just a combination of all these weird animals. It was some abomination of... <laughs> <laughs> of innocent cartoon characters that was trapped in the evil dimension, but I guess it ended up, yeah, ended up being Marcella's henchman in some way. Yeah. At the last second, it ended up helping Van Gogh before he was, I guess, devoured by those other ghosts that were around him. Those evil things. Yeah. So this little creature before Van Gogh got trapped, he was trying to find Marcella and he found this thing. He was like injured or stuck in like a trap or something and he freed it. And then, yeah, he gets there and it turns out that little guy was Marcella's, little minion and decides to help Van Gogh instead of Marcella by giving him the pendant back and he gets out of there. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the meantime, Scrappy and Flim Flam <laughs> spray, spray, keep spraying perfume till there's just a big perfume cloud and you can't see anything. And then they switch out the book of magic for a uh, P encyclopedia. It takes a while for the witches to notice because they try to read a spell to stop them. They start just reading the definition of a platypus. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, so so they've got the spell book and Van Gogh gets free while, you know, while they're running from the witches with this spell book. If not for him, Marcella probably would have been summoned back. He does something that it's like a very obvious thing to do, considering the, how stupid these witches are. He just takes the page with spell 13 out of it and I guess inserts a new page and writes his own poem in it that yeah. ends up banishing Marcella back to the box. He ended up writing this thing, put it in there, and they inadvertently put her back in the box instead of freeing her from the evil zone. So her, her plan to use these bumbling witches was turned against her instantly because in their stupidity, they read the wrong spell. Right. <laughs> I like that episode, though. I thought it was pretty cool. If you took away all of the witch chants and even, man, they even did it at the end. Like the Scooby-Doo characters all did it. Yeah, joined in. They all did it. And I have a note here at the end of this episode that just says, the song at the end made me want to slam my head against a wall. (laughs) (laughs) The song at any point, it could have been done once and I've been like, all right, that's dumb, but I forgive you. But the fact that it was reused so much. At least at the end of this one, they added in a Scooby-Doo to change things up where they said Scooby-Doo. True. So at least that made it slightly different, but no better. (laughs) No better at all. (laughs) So those were the three episodes that we watched. And... As usual, we're going to warp back to childhood and see what young us thought of this. Chris, let's start with you. All right, let me get my inner kid out here. So I like Scooby-Doo because he is funny, and Shaggy is funny too, and Daphne is kind of pretty. But everyone else is really stupid, 
And Vincent Van Gogh was just a big old jerk face most of the time. He was just really mean. There were some cool monsters, and I really like the monsters because they're my favorite. But I have to rate this cartoon two bowls of cereal, half full out of three. Okay, so that's mine. Uh, Joseph, what did you think? Anytime I see anything Scooby-Doo related, the spark of my affection for that franchise is always rekindled. As a fan of the horror genre, this spinoff really caught my attention, and I enjoyed stepping into that world full of arcane magic, real demons, and actual ghosts. The addition of Vincent Price was just icing on the cake. The addition of Flim Flam was the equivalent of someone spitting on that icing. All that said, I would still recommend checking this miniseries out, and I would give it three full bowls, but Flim Flam made me spill half of one, so I ended up giving it two and a half full bowls out of three. All right, good job, kids. Once again, good hearing from you. Thanks, guys. And to continue bringing some spooktacular cartoons to the breakfast table for the month of October, next time we'll be watching... Groovy Ghoulies! (laughs) Well, once again, our bowls are empty, so it's time to say goodbye. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Definitely reach out and let us know what cartoon you'd like us to cover, along with some of your favorite episodes so we can feature them on our show. You can make a request, see the current request list, or speak with the show host by visiting the Cartoon Boom subreddit. You can also connect with our network by visiting nerdsloth.com or searching for Nerdsloth on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. See you next Saturday. 